0: Take a deep breath. We are going to peek inside our souls. A person walks up to you and abuses the living life out of you, verbally. If it was in your power at that moment in time, would you hit that person? Just for that little taste of sweet redemption. Your heavily loaded beloved friend lends you 10 crore rupees or around 13 million US dollar. You were to return the money with due interest as you promised, but before you could even begin repayment, your friend meets with a tragic end in an accident. Now, given the fact that the knowledge of the said 10 road was only with you and your beloved friend, would you care to return the money like you promised? Would you stand at the funeral looking deadpan into the eyes of the grieving family and deny such a transaction altogether? You rush to a nearby ATM. Waiting for your turn at the gate, you see a drunk rich brat, drawing bundles after bundles of cash using his seemingly never-ending stream of cards. When the drunk gentleman leaves to his entourage of bachelor's party, you rush in to find something that he forgot. A whole bundle of cash down on the floor, neatly tucked under the machine after getting kicked precisely by him. You pick it up and wonder. While you try to eyeball the amount of money that this bundle might have, you hear a door knock behind you. Instinctively, you hide the money. The drunk man is looking right at you. You can either deny his gaze or choose to be the better person. But you know, this man, this man doesn't look like he will miss this. He seems more than capable of handling himself. Quite well off, if I may say so. And you sure wouldn't mind a bundle of cash now that you're still trying to calculate the worth of. So, would you take it then? Would you take the cash? Would you keep it? Take another one. We might need it. You're on an outbound training camp from your office with various teams. It's the last day of the training and the entire company is out to celebrate. The night is lively, drinks are plenty and the groove is almost unmissable. That one colleague you interlocked eyes with is now wrapped in your arms dancing blissfully. Things are heating up between the two of you but there is just one, one, one little problem. The ring on your ring finger pinches you a bit. Would your partner back home mind this harmless night of fun? Is it okay to let go a little? It's just for one night after all, right? What would you do then? Would you let go a little With every question I laid upon you, I hope you made a choice in your head. I mean, I'm sure you must have, because no matter who we are, what we are, or where we come from, all of us have some basic sense of morality. Something that tells us, speaks to us, guides us, like a voice inside our head, informing us about what is good and what is bad. Where exactly is it that we should draw the line? The character of K-Pax from the 2001 drama film K-Pax, played by Kevin Spacey, summarizes it beautifully. Every being in the universe knows right from wrong. Every being. has a little problem though. Just recently, September of 2021, the United States ended its longest-running war in Afghanistan. I stand squarely behind my decision. After 20 years, I've learned the hard way that there was never a good time to withdraw U.S. forces. This did unfold more quickly than we had anticipated. Afghanistan political leaders gave up and fled the country. The Afghan military collapsed. The same thing that caused the extravagantly forwarded video of Afghani men falling from that American aircraft like squatted flies off a windshield. A video that a lot of prime time media outlets considered fitting to play on loop all day. Yes, I'm talking about that war exactly. In dramatic scenes, some tried to board a moving plane as if prepared to take off. Now, apart from crumbling the dry fruits and spice trade routes, the great end of war caused massive migration. Hundreds of Afghani refugees marched right into their neighboring countries. One such nation that got massive influx? Turkey. You know what the biggest issue the people of Turkey are facing right now? Not that the refugees entering the borders are going to strip the native away from their food or shelter, the Turks fear what the refugees considered normal. As per some of the local customs in Afghanistan, followed by extremists, young girls, sometimes barely nine years of age, are married to fully grown men. But the same grown men, walk into Turkey, they look at kids playing in the park, and all these men can see are wet dreams about the many prospective wives they can bet. But don't these men know that this is wrong? Haven't they watched K-Pax? I mean, Kevin Spacey said it, right? Every being in the universe knows right from wrong. Problem is, the Afghani thinks he's right. Sure, his ideas don't play by the rules of your morality, and so what? Why the fuck should he care? Your actions are governed by your set of morality. His are governed by his set of morality. Which brings us as to why we are here. If all of us, in our heads, can draw the sacred line between right and wrong, can there be a universal line that demarcates the universal right from the universal wrong? Can it be set in stone and implemented across the entirety of human populations set for generations to follow? If you think that the answer to that question is no, then you, my friend, are in for a pleasant surprise. Though it seems more and more complex every time you try to wrap your head around the legal framework of our country in order to understand our justice system, in reality, it is actually quite simple. Because if it was not, how could it function the way it functions, handling the largest democracy in the whole wide world? And just to show you how simple and easy it is to understand our justice system, let me tell you the story of a gentleman who went by the name of Palani Gondan. The year is 1919. Mr. Palani Gondan has appealed to the Madras High Court to overrule his present ruling. What has Mr. Palani done, you ask? Well, he was convicted of murder by the Sessions Judge of Coimbatore. The facts as found were these. Mr. Palani struck his wife with a blow straight to her head with a plowshare. If you don't know what a plowshare is, it's alright. It's a common farming term for Britishers and therefore was used by the English judge. Imagine the most commonly seen plow attachment of a farm tractor. Only that a plowshare is smaller and easier to wield with two hands. So yeah, Mr. Polanyi struck his wife and rendered her senseless. It is a very terrifying feeling if you try to internalise such situations and wonder what would you do if you were there? What would you do if you, in a fit of rage, hit your partner and knocked them senseless. Not unconscious, senseless. And while you ponder over that difficult choice of a question, let me tell you what Mr. Palani did. After knocking his wife senseless, Mr. Palani believed her to be dead. In fact, he was so sure of it, that instead of trying to see if she could be saved, he decided to save the life of someone he actually could. His own life. He chose himself. He then proceeded to hang his wife on a beam by a rope. Why on earth would he do that? Well, his wife was dead anyway. The only way out of such a crime was to eliminate the crime itself. A graceful solution, won't you say? One that actually has a possible chance of make-believe. How do you escape a crime that you committed? Mr. Palani thought of the perfect plan to blame the victim herself. That it was the dead body indeed which was responsible for the death. The only hole, the only gaping hole in Mr. Palani's perfect plan was that his wife didn't actually die. You see, she was still alive when Mr. Palani hung her on a beam by her neck in order to lay the foundations of a false defense of suicide by hanging. Mr. Palani's wife was still alive. She could have seen him do it to her. Imagine the horror of waking up to a crackling pressure in your throat, screaming the name of your partner, while you asphyxiate away into nothingness. When the case was brought before the Madras High Court, Mr. Osborne, who was the public prosecutor at the time, said that, as per English law, this was clearly not a murder, but rather manslaughter on the general principles of common law. In India, Every offense is defined by two mutually independent things. One, as to what must be done, and the second is what intention it must be done with, as per the section of the penal code which creates it a crime. What it actually means is that although Mr. Palani fatally wounded his wife, nearly killing her, and then although he hung her by her neck, faking her suicide right when she shook back to life and died due to asphyxiation, that Mr. Palani, the one who in a way killed his wife twice, was found not guilty. And it was simply based on the general principles of common law. During the first few conversations with my friend laksha who is a budding lawyer, the one who helps me with research and understanding Indian law, said something which nearly made me laugh in confusion. in order in a court in our country. Do we really understand what justice really is? What does it stand for? What does it mean? More importantly, can you fathom what is the justice that shall be bestowed upon you by the justice system of this country that you live in, in the time that we live in? I can't, but I'm on a quest to chase it till I find. How about we chase it together? My name is Naman Vasa. Next time on Chasing Justice, Chapter 2 In All Honesty. I mean, I do understand that truth is a matter of perspective, but I still don't understand why Palani wouldn't be convicted of murder. I mean, he did kill his wife, right? There is actual proof of that. But there was no intention. by Kushal Kulkarni and Mudit Khansali. A presentation by Talesmith Studio. This podcast was created as a part of Podcast Lab by India Film Project in association with Anchor by Spotify.